his spiky hair is on point, if you will. A public display, your thing, just sitting here. And Shadow Dude is in the cactus. Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time and spoiler free. Today we're discussing season one, episode five, Missing. According to IMDb, this is the one where Liz panics when her journal, which contains details of how Max used his alien powers to save her life, comes up missing. This episode was written by John Harmon Feldman, who also has producing and or writing credits on The Wonder Years, Dawson's Creek, American Dreams with Brittany Snow, True Calling with our girl Eliza Dushku, and No Ordinary Family with Michael Chiklis and a little lady called Julie Benz. The episode was directed by David Semmel, who previously directed episode three, Monsters, a.k.a. the gay episode, a.k.a. my favorite episode. (laughs) This episode originally aired on the 3rd of November, 1999. All right, so let's uh, dive in. We start on a dark and spooky street in Mm -hmm. late night Roswell. Yeah, so Liz says that she does this walk every night, which I question because doesn't she work at the crash down after school? So where is she walking home from? From downstairs at the crash down to upstairs at her home. <laughs> she just goes around several blocks. Maybe she has an extracurricular activity tonight, like science oh, club. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, she's, at, you know, as usual, Liz is giving us a very dramatic opening. Yeah, I don't think Liz does things except for dramatically. That's like her, mm-hmm. her default mode. So Liz finds out that her diary, which she has apparently kept just like in the bottom dresser drawer, super cash, is missing. So she runs to Maria's house and Maria has a dry erase board on her front door, like a college dorm room. And I thought this was really interesting. Because it's just outside. Yeah, I thought her front door was a little weird for, like, just an apartment or a house as well. Yeah, but Maria answers the door, and we get to see that her hair is growing out a little bit, and I think it looks really cute. Looks, yeah, she looks super very cute, cute at in the this door. scene. Yeah, it's, um, it's a big improvement over Meg Ryan after an electrical storm. <laughs> I liked Meg Ryan after an electrical storm hair, but apparently I'm the I only one, so. <laughs> I yes, did not. Are. But everyone's got their own thing. So Liz shares with Maria that she wrote everything in her her diary, her journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Maria is appropriately incredulous. I mean, that's what you do in a diary, right? Well, yes, I would say that's normally what you do in a diary. But when someone gives you information about their <laughs> life and says, literally, my life is in your hands, maybe don't write that down and then lose it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I never kept a diary, but I feel like the whole point of a diary is to, I mean, you document your life so you can go back and, like, laugh about it in 10 years, right? Yeah. (laughs) Or 20 or 50. 
But there's a difference between writing, I have a crush on a boy, he's so cute, and writing, I have secrets that if they came out would probably result in the imprisonment, torture, and murder of someone that I care about. Very true. Maybe you don't write those things down. Maybe you use code. Maybe you say, oh, that day at the diner when Mystery Man did that thing. Ooh, that was the day that changed my life. Like, she's not going to forget what happened. When I I found out that he was from Czechoslovakia. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, use a code. Or just write your feelings. Don't write the details of what happened. Yeah. I understand writing your own secrets in your diary, but it's like someone else's secrets that, like you said, could endanger them if it got out. But also, she's she's a kid and, like, has to find some way to process all this stuff. Very true. So after the credits, we go to Michael's bedroom. And I have to say, I don't know why I was a little surprised that he has his own bedroom in that little tiny trailer. I somehow envisioned him sleeping on a pullout sofa or something in the living room. Like a so I'm glad bed. he has his own private space. Yes, I'm I mean, bed. maybe the foster dad is sleeping in the living room yeah. on maybe. the couch after falling asleep watching I mean, TV. Some mobile homes can have, you know, a few bedrooms. Multiple rooms, two. yeah. And I mean, maybe a requirement of the foster parent situation would be that he's mm. provided with his own space. Well, that's I a think good point. Usually it is. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know a whole lot about foster situations, but I feel like that would be a reasonable requirement of taking in a foster child that they have a bedroom or at least a bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And again, Michael seems to have really honed his skills. He can sharpen this pencil with his hand. I love that. Yeah, that's a really good one. I enjoy nice that power. use of recreational powers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's also, recreational. I don't know if y'all noticed the picture or poster behind him. It looks like the figures in it are either aliens or maybe they're the gentlemen from Buffy. <gasps> Take Ooh. a look. Tell me what you think. I did not notice that. Now I have to go look. So Michael takes this drawing he did with his freshly sharpened pencil to Max, but he doesn't do his breaking in thing so they don't get to do their sexy prowler role play which is kind of a bummer but whatever total bummer but what he does show max is a beautiful portrait of a <laughs> semicircle that he drew Ooh, <laughs> definitely worth getting woken up at two in the morning absolutely for. it is a line it is literally just like an arch yeah and that's it yeah i mean maybe that's it's like scribbled saw. a couple times back and forth but it's yeah just an Do arch. you not feel that that had the potential to unlock the secrets of their existence? I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I I wrote in quotes. I wrote, "I saw this." What Michael said, and then myself in response to that, I wrote, "No, you didn't, dude. It had way more lines than that. He drew with <laughs> one line. Yeah. Like, no, it had lots of yeah. lines and angles. That's all he can see right now, though. That's all he remembers right now, coming out of his dream." And he is so excited, and as usual, Max just shoots him down with... I understand Max in this situation, having just been been awakened in the middle of the night, but I felt so bad for Michael, who was like, I did a thing, and I came right over here to tell you about it, and this is so exciting. And Look Max my is just thing. like, yeah, sleep on the floor, man. It's fine, whatever. Shush. <laughs> well, can we Poor talk guy. about this in the morning? Yeah. Also, does Michael's foster dad not notice he's gone, or does he not care? Does he just know that this is something that's going on? Like, I know that the social workers aren't going to come in the middle of the night to check up on him, but it seems like something he should sort of be on top of. 
I mean, I get the impression from the one time we've seen him that he doesn't care a whole lot. Yeah, it's a bummer. Okay, the next day, we go to the school, and my question for this set is, would a New Mexico school have this much of their campus be outdoors? There are a lot of, like, breezeways that it seems like people have to walk through. There are a lot of outdoor sitting and eating areas. And the desert gets cold in the winter, so this seems somewhat impractical. It seems like it would make a lot more sense in a school in, say, I don't know, Covina, California, perhaps? (laughs) I mean, how cold is cold in the desert, though? Like... In the 40s? in the I mean, does it get below freezing? They get snow. Oh, okay. Really? I mean, I was going to say the school that I grew up going to, which is in Northern California, so not quite as hot as Southern California, we have lots of outdoor eating and breezeways. Yeah, we did not have that in Massachusetts. All indoors and insulated. Yeah, we didn't have it in Maryland either. Well, I mean, as we know, it was filmed in Southern California, so... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I think is maybe one of the points Lisa's making here. <laughs> yes, that was the entire point like of that Kobina. lengthy discussion about the weather. But I do like what a good little detective Maria is being. <laughs> She's like finding suspects and finding motives. I like Maria's attitude. I think Liz is being really blasé because as we have discussed there are secrets in the diary that put Max and Isabel and Michael's lives in danger. And Liz is just like, oh, I probably misplaced it. Don't worry. And Maria is like, no, this is a big deal. I do like, though, that Liz is trying to give her friends the benefit of the doubt that she's like, no, Alex wouldn't have done that. But Maria does rightly point out that they have been treating Alex very poorly and they have not been sharing things with him, which, of course, wouldn't give him the right to take her diary, but would give him a plausible motivation for doing it. Yeah, for sure. And in the midst of Maria's wild speculation about who to blame, Alex, of course, walks up to remind Liz that they have to do an oral report on McCarthy. I assume they're talking about Joseph McCarthy because this show is not subtle. No, not one (laughs) bit. (laughs) But they dismiss him again. I, I wrote in my notes and I don't really remember, but Maria says she's telling Liz to talk to someone about something over drinks. Yes. yes. Liz says, how am I going to tell Max? And Maria says, my advice? Over drinks. Over drinks. Adorable. I'm sorry, how old are you? Yeah, I was surprised that they just slipped in that little, like, ooh, teen drinking is a thing without immediately someone having terrible negative consequences. Yeah. And, and like, not just, like, oh, let's have beer this weekend, but, like, over drinks. So, like, using drinks as a coping mechanism and, like, you know, self-medicating. I mean, it's a cute line delivered by, like, a 25-year-old. It's a little weird delivered by a 16-year-old. So then we get to see some more recreational use of powers. And lots and lots of snacks. How have they not been caught before? They are so bad at keeping the secret. Max is just openly using his powers. I mean, he does look around to make sure nobody's around. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't buy it. Yeah, they're not being super safe, but also cool powers. Very cool. I wish I could have those powers. I know. I'll take the free snacks. Also, you could read the brand names on all of those snacks, which is unusual for shows 
they'll usually oh, put them upside down or they'll try to cover it or change the name slightly so that they don't yeah. have like product placement issues. So I guess they didn't care about that. We get this amazing little thing here where Michael walks up to Max and Liz as they are chatting. And he is just chowing down on this carrot. It's amazing. I wrote, Michael has no backpack, only a carrot stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like, they're at school. Max and Liz have backpacks. Michael only has a carrot. He doesn't need his school books because he doesn't go to class. He goes to the cafeteria and picks up one carrot and is like, yep, yep I'm good. Bye. <laughs> My notes for this say, interesting. Bye, Liz. Carrot sticks. <laughs> yes. I liked the bye, Liz. Like, hey, remember when you said you were going to stay away from Max and now you're just talking to him in the hallway bye and Liz I guess is very hurt by this because she finds a dark classroom where there is nothing going on there's no teacher there there are no students there this is just an empty classroom it's just an extra one that the school had lying around she's hanging out with the lights off by herself and then you know Miss Topolsky shows up to be a creep as usual naturally and I wore my hair like that yesterday does that make me a real grown-up now Oh, it's very cute. She looks really pretty, yeah. but she's also being really inappropriate, telling Liz that she's also a friend. But she yes. will get far more inappropriate as the episode progresses. Yes. Oh, yes, she will. <laughs> if a weird teacher told me that they were my friend, that would make me more uncomfortable. That would not make me open up to them at all. Oh, yeah, you would immediately be like, great, that's nice, and then just back away slowly. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty much what Liz does. She's like, yep. no, I'm fine. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. And now we get to go outside and see Maria taking her detective skills to the next level and confronting Alex about the diary. But more importantly, we get to see the massive wallet chain that Alex is wearing because 1999. Yeah, I had a wallet <laughs> chain like that in 1999. It's so big. <laughs> I don't know how he doesn't trip on that thing. But I'm proud of him in this scene because he is kind of just like, yeah, I'm really annoyed by the way that you and Liz have been treating me. It's not cool. And Maria kind of half apologizes, but mostly she's just accusing him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then at the end of that, he's like, oh, next time you think you want to be friends with me, just skip it. Like, I'm over this bullshit. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer, but good for him. It is good for him standing up for himself. He doesn't deserve that, all because he can do weird, freaky things with his arms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Alex takes his sadness into his locker, and his locker is either right near Maria's and Liz's, or they only bothered to build the one hallway set for the high school. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding. And this is where Topolsky starts getting creepier, where she stands way too close to him. So creepy. And he's using this serious, breathy tone of voice. I think that's just Julie Benz, though. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so she correctly assesses that Alex is the weak link in the friend group and she is going to just tear him down. Yes. So she takes him into her office for some privacy so that she can continue being a total creeper. And she's like talking him up, like being like, you know, teenage girls can never spot the good ones. It's like, what are you saying you want to date him? What the fuck? Yeah, no, so gross. You cannot say that to a 16-year-old. No. 
Uh, and Topolsky also is she's not just trying to talk up Alex she's talking down other people she's saying like oh Liz with Kyle it's a little obvious don't you think like what that she would want to be with a good looking athletic nice guy I mean he gets a lot less nice in this episode but I no don't no also she does more of the creepy sitting on the front of her desk and then coming over and sitting right next to Alex and like patting or stroking his arm she put her hand on his arm no 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 really really not okay oh so gross inappropriate and she is just when he says that the diary was lost Topolsky's face just lights up she is like this is the best news I've heard all year And so she phones Control, which I think this is supposed to be a reference to, like, cute little spy movies from yesteryear. I think, was it Get Smart, where they called Control? I'll have to look that up. I think so. I should have done that before we recorded. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Get Smart. That sounds right to me also, so it must be true. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If two people believe something. the way things work. It's a verifiable fact. Actually, I gotta say, I did listen to, what was it, uh, Car Talk once? You know that NPR show Car Talk, yeah, and, um, and they they had this whole conversation about like whether one person who's sure they know something knows more or less than two people who are sure that they know something, and they concluded mm. that two people know less because they like <laughs> convince each other that oh, like confirmation oh, yeah, bias. Right. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Well, it was probably definitely not get smart then. Who knows? But whatever. I thought it was a funny thing. But yeah, and she asks for backup, to which I yeah. say, is that something that guidance counselors can ask for? Because they Ooh, should yeah. be able to. But they no. should they they need it probably more than she does to find the diary of a sixteen year old girl. <laughs> it seems like she yes. has a lot of power or authority though, because literally all she tells them is something interesting has happened. And then she asks for backup. So maybe she went into the details after this, but she's just like, a thing, give me backup. And they're like, okay. And then we get to go to Michael's art class where he's going to learn how to art better. And the teacher is Bob Clendenin, who has been in Cougar Town. He's been in Scrubs. He's been in Felicity. He's been in Popular. If you go to his IMDb page, he's been in one episode of at least three shows that you like. Everything. I guarantee it. Yeah. And he points out that Michael never goes to art class. He hasn't been there in at least a week and a half. Yeah, he said since Monday of, of last, last week. week. Right. <laughs> and I, what are their truancy laws at this school? And does he not just get kicked out of this class if he misses a certain number of them? Wouldn't he just get an automatic fail? That's what would happen at most high schools. So Topolsky told us a few episodes that he was on the verge of being kicked out or failing out, but it doesn't seem like there have been any consequences. You would think they would have put him on some sort of plan, talked to his foster dad, had him have regular meetings with the quote-unquote guidance counselor. (laughs) But no, they're just like, he'll figure it out. Once he decides what he really wants to draw, that's how we'll get him back in. Yeah, he'll become a famous artist. They're just waiting for that artistic inspiration to strike. Also, his his spiky hair is on point, if you will. <laughs> In this scene, it's particularly perfectly spiky. <laughs> and then we cut to Kyle, 
who is uh, on his slow descent into jerkiness. Yeah, he's being yep. a jerk. He's being I a jerk. Don't like, I don't like how close he got to her. He no. got like really close. He's kind of like standing over her. I really didn't like it. I still have sympathy for him because Liz treated him so badly. And I think that it's good for him to be angry about the situation. But yes, the way that he's allowed he to be hurt. is... Yes, the way that he is talking to her is kind of yucky. Like you said, his body language is a little threatening. Like the posture. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so he, he says to her, you know what the best part about being broken up is? I don't have to try anymore. But like, yeah, you still have to try to be a decent person. Yeah. yeah. And like he started the conversation. It's not like she tried to start something and he's like, look, I don't have to care anymore. Like yeah, he, he just came up to, up to her. her. And started the conversation, like, just to then be able to be a dick and walk away? Yep. It mm-hmm. seems clear to me that he does still care. Yeah, of well, course. Well, yes. He's, he's hurt, you know? And I, and then, like, as a behavior therapist, I always say, like, feelings are valid. You can have whatever feelings. Like, he's allowed to be angry, he's allowed to be sad, hurt, but, it like, behaviors are different. And yes. he can't be mean to somebody. He can't. Uh, posture and like stand in such a threatening way it's not okay but we know who is very invested in this is Topolsky who is creepily watching them off in the distance mm-hmm. and you can see the little gears in her brain turn and churn and she's a thinking yep who's got that diary if Liz doesn't have it mm. she wants to know all the secrets about Max who is working at the UFO center And in the episode where he was offered the job at the UFO Center, it was made very clear that the archive is private, is off limits, and is on the second level, whereas all of the public exhibits are on the first level. But in this episode, the archive is what I assume that they're in because that's where all the books live. And it is very clearly on the level where there are a bunch of tourists just walking by constantly. So once again, I say to the people who worked on this show, come on. We don't need no continuity, Lisa. Oh my gosh. Did they not have a show Bible? Were they just like, no, you know what? We're just not even going to watch the previous episodes of our show. We'll just figure it out. No one will notice. They forgot. They forgot. I mean, we talked in our minisode about how memory is fallible. Okay. They did their best. They forgot. (laughs) It's on tape. They could have watched it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> also, the museum guy, Max's boss, he starts talking about some some kind of consortium, <laughs> to which I say, isn't is not the word pronounced consortium? Ooh. Ooh, that is how I pronounce it. Is it a regional thing? Are both correct? I don't know. We'll have to look it up and find out. Maybe because I we'll check it out later. I feel like I've heard both. Now that we're saying them both. I feel like I would say consortium, but maybe that's because oh, I've yeah. only ever really seen it written down. Mm-hmm. So Milton clearly has done a lot of reading. He has strong opinions on which of these books is worthwhile. And the one that he recommends to a true believer like Max is by Atherton. And it is called Among Us. Ooh, Lisa, I have you read this one? Because I just imagine that you have read all of these books and all your. Is this yes. a real book? I didn't. I even don't bother know. looking I it up because I assumed it was fake. But if it is real, I will immediately go get it. If it is not real, I will write it myself. 
But I was thinking this whole time, I'm like, this would be Lisa's best friend. All the books are here. All the research is happening. Oh, yeah. I would live in that room. Okay, so the book James Atherton's Among Us seems to exist only in the world of Roswell. Oh, darn it. There's a book that looks like the same one by A.J. Myers. Oh, okay. The Among Us by James Atherton has a page on Facebook. Seven people like it. <laughs> Seven whole people? Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. This is why we should always do our research as we're attempting to record. Like this? I found this oh. one called Among Us. It looks like it, but it, it does very clearly labels itself as a novel. As fiction. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe whoever was on props for this show was like, ugh, I don't feel like making a whole book. So they just changed the author's name and they're like, yep, good enough. Good, that one works. <laughs> yeah, because even the cover of this one looks like the cover of that one. Yeah, it does. Uh, I will have to put a picture of that in the show notes. So Liz comes to visit Max at work. She just walks into this area because, again, like there doesn't seem to be a door on the archives area. So I assume things just go missing all the time because it's open to the public and they're just going to come in and take things. And then Milton is just totally cool with Max taking a little break from work to go talk to this random girl who shows up. I mean, that's a nice boss. He's like, obviously, you're interested in this girl. You can you can take a 10. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet deal. I mean, he is getting minimum wage, so maybe Milton's just trying to give him all of the perks that he possibly can. Also, I love how Liz tries to make herself sound more mature than she is she's like i lost my diary well it's more of a journal because that's what scientists call it yeah this is not like, no you're an accurate your description of a scientific journal this is one of those it's things not. where i think the writers keep telling us that liz is very smart and very into science but when they try to show it to us it doesn't work this is not convincing it, it's kind of disappointing I would like the writers to write us a character that is actually a super intelligent, STEM-interested young woman, not just saying, oh, she likes science, but then writing the same type of like flighty teenage character yeah. as everything else. Right. You can't just tell us that she's smart and like science. Show us that she's smart. Right. Like, they, they had the idea, wouldn't it be cool if we had this character who... And then they were like, oh, but maybe that would be really risky if she actually did that. So let's just say she does that. But we don't have to bore anyone with her doing actual science stuff. Instead, she can just write in her diary and talk about her feelings and how much she likes this boy. Because that's the most important thing in a teenage girl's life, right? I mean, I still love Liz. Because I love, like, the idea of a smart science-minded teenage girl being the protagonist of this show and there's certain times where, like I really like that she like writes down notes when she's like I, but I have things to say and I didn't <laughs> want to forget anything <laughs> that I can relate to yeah so I like the idea of the character of Liz so far I hate the way that she has been executed and I think she seems to me very much not like a teenage girl, but like a grown man's idea of a teenage girl. And I think that's where my yeah. frustration with her really comes into play. Part of it, I think, 
I don't want to say it's how she was acted because I've seen Sherry Appleby in other things and she's been good. I know she was young, but she had a lot of experience. I think part of it is how she was directed. Like a lot yeah. of the blank facial expressions and just the goo goo eyes at Max and that stuff. So like they tell us Liz is smart. They show us Liz doing a lot of dumb things. They tell us Liz is into science. They show us Liz never doing science, lacking intellectual curiosity when she finds out that there are literal aliens saying that she likes the smell of sulfur, which no one likes. They also yeah, tell true. us she's a good friend, but then they show her just constantly hating on Maria, putting her down to her face and behind her back. They say Liz cares about Max, but she's constantly endangering him. And I just, uh, I just like, I want them to actually write the character of Liz the way that it seems they think of the character of Liz, and they haven't done that yet. Yeah. I can see how that would be disappointing because you're like expecting a certain thing out of this character. Yeah, so I also, I think a big part of this issue is the the writers made a conscious decision to make Liz's problems the focus, the central focus of the story. And they give those problems equal or greater weight as the aliens problems that are actual like life or death matters. They just inherently have higher stakes. And so while like everyone's experiences are valid and the processes that they go through to deal with these things are valid, it ends up making Liz seem a little bit like petty or like she lacks proportion like a few episodes ago when she was wishing she could be invisible and max was like i have to be invisible or else i will be murdered so i think it's just the way they set that up it just it's not that liz is like being unreasonable or anything it's just that that stark contrast there makes it seem like her issues are just kind of trivial yeah it's kind of the way the show is framing it yes exactly I also think Maria and Isabel are just much more dynamic and interesting characters. And so making Liz, who to me is the most bland one, the main lead, just seems like a, a weird choice. One of the things that I like about the books, uh, so the books are a lot more ensemble based. So like the first book really focuses on Max and Liz's story. And the second book really focuses on Isabel. And then the next book really focuses on Michael and Maria's friendship and things that are going on in their lives. And um, so it gives a lot more like well-rounded ensemble feeling to the friendship of these six people. Yeah, I would love to see more of that. Like I really liked the second episode that focused a little more on Michael. I obviously like the third episode that focused on Maria and Isabel. <laughs> so I'd like to see more of that. This is just the fifth episode. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about Buffy, like we love Buffy so much, the first season is not the strongest and it takes a little time to get into it. So uh, maybe you'll like it more as it goes on. Yeah, I'm, I am open and I hope that I will like Liz a lot better as we get more into the show. But right now, I am super annoyed with her because she tells Max that her journal is probably somewhere silly, like under the bed, which would imply that she hasn't looked there yet. <laughs> what has she been doing? I mean, I think, again, she's just trying to, like, downplay the situation and, like, not let other people be worried. Like, obviously, she's really worried and freaked out, but she doesn't want other people to be worried and freaked out. No, I get it. But I think if I were Max, I would be like, oh, you wrote down all of my secrets that endanger my well-being and you didn't even bother to look for it yet. Yeah, I mean, they say that she's super smart, but I don't feel like she's looking very strategically. 
also she tells him she's like oh but don't worry about anything mm-hmm. how can he not worry she also asks him not to tell anyone else which is really unfair because she completely failed to keep his secret his deepest secret about who he is as a person and then she asks him to keep her secret about how she is endangering him and his family and to not tell michael or isabel who both might want to like try to prepare themselves or figure out what they're going to do if this comes out she just like or or like max could use them for moral support potentially she's just like no it's more important to me that they're not mad at me boo And I just feel like if she didn't want him to worry or didn't want him to freak out or tell anyone else, then why tell him? Find it first. Yeah. I don't know. I also don't know why he agrees to this. I don't know why he still is into her. I don't know how he could ever trust her again, knowing that this is the way she handled this information. Yeah, that it does make sense, Lisa. I think it's fair to be mad at her about this. Thank you, Lisa. I will continue being mad. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm as mad as you are, but I understand your anger, and I think it is valid. Great. I just want her to do better. Just She's do like better, endangering Liz. others with her kind of, like, recklessness or, like, thoughtlessness. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't seem to occur to her how high the stakes are on this. Right. So she finally goes home and starts looking frantically through all of her things, which she should have done last night or this morning before school. And when Liz's mom comes in, Liz immediately starts accusing her, which really stinks because we saw in the last episode that maybe Liz and her mom don't have the best relationship. And this seems to sort of underline that. I think Liz is just being super paranoid. I can't figure out if she's like mad at her mom because she's worried her mom read the diary or if she still thinks maybe Alex took it and that Alex said something to her mom like she just is like very upset and I can't figure out exactly why or who it's directed at. Yeah I kind of read it as her accusing her mom of taking the diary. Mm -hmm. Yeah and it's so she's tipped off because her mom says that she doesn't think Liz would want to talk to Alex and Liz can't figure out how her mom would know that but, like, presumably she and Maria are just talking all the time, and they're talking about what's going on with them. Maybe Alex has called before and Liz hasn't wanted to talk to him. Like, there are so many ways that her mom could know this without having read her diary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her mom is in her life. But she's on, like, hyper mode. You know, she's yeah. search- She's getting desperate. She's searching for the diary. She's freaking out. Yeah, she is freaking out. Yeah. Understandably. After this, we go to the crash down where we finally get to see Isabel Evans. And I would like to point out that we have to wait 21 minutes and 21 seconds into this episode before Isabel shows up. And I think this is deeply unfair to all of us. And how dare you, writers? How dare you? Criminal. (laughs) We also have to wait then 21 minutes to see hot sauce. Yes, that too. Oh, yeah. Is this the first we're seeing hot sauce in this episode? It is. And Michael is putting it in his drink. (laughs) And so I found out that on the set, the Tabasco that they used was actually V8 berry splash juice. (laughs) Because they were eating so much of it. And Jason and Brendan said that they initially were like, no, 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 it's cool. We're going to just use Tabasco. Like, we're tough guys. And they did did one scene. Oh, that's like a way to destroy your stomach. Right. 
because they do so many takes of everything, they said by the end of it, they were just like tears streaming oh. down their face, their noses running, their <laughs> mouths on fire. Oh. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do the juice, please. Thanks. Which also like wouldn't be very consistent with the aliens who are supposed to be like drinking Tabasco all the time and not tearing up and about enjoying it. it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you just have to write into every scene like why the aliens are feeling particularly emotional today yes <laughs> and then kyle says i'm on to you evans yeah okay so first i want to talk about max's book saying that aliens wouldn't have the lung or brain capacity to survive for oh, long yeah. on earth because what like they built spaceships and they figured out interstellar travel before we did, but you think they won't have the brain capacity to go on living? It's such a weird thing to say. We don't know anything about the atmosphere on their home planet, so you don't know what their lungs would be like. It's just like, what? 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 All right, Atherton. I've got a bone to pick with you, sir. And also, I don't really get why Isabel is so concerned about Michael drawing semicircles. This doesn't yeah. seem like a thing that could actually yeah. endanger them. Doodling some triangles, interlocking. It's just shapes. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, Kyle could actually pose a threat to them, which mm-hmm. is why Max freaks out when Kyle says that he's on to him and then goes upstairs to visit Liz. It's his first time in her room. Yes. Well, so first, just the I'm on to you, Evans, makes me mad because Liz is the one who broke up with him, not Max. Be mad at her. But also they're broken up at this point. So like he doesn't have a right to be upset. Like if he thinks they were cheating while he and Liz were together, if they even were exclusive, which I don't think we established definitively. Like I get that. But at this point, he doesn't get to begrudge Liz for going out with someone else. Yeah, which, I mean, and she said they're not going out. So, I mean, obviously he doesn't trust her, but he needs to take that at face value and be less of an asshole. Yeah. Or even if he doesn't believe her, it's none of his business. Yeah. But then, like we started saying, Liz brings Max to her bedroom. Ooh. And is hiding him from her mom, who definitely would have heard the bedroom door close and would have heard them talking in there. I don't think her room is soundproof. Yeah, no. and I was going to say, and it doesn't seem like a particularly big house. Like, right. But, yeah, and, and why does she even need to hide Max from her mom? I'm not sure. Unclear. But this gives Max the opportunity to touch the CD that Liz has, which is Moby's Play. And he discovers, when he touches it, that (gasps) Kyle touched it, too. He has a flash. He has his powers, which I would say is more of a functional use than recreational. Mm -hmm. Yes. Although it also seems like he can't control it. Right. Like it wasn't intentional. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of took him by surprise. Yeah, it seems involuntary. He said things were heightened. And so I guess his powers intensify. Yeah, and Liz had no idea that Kyle was in her room. Yeah. Mm. Not cool. Mm-mm. And now we get the most epic paint montage <laughs> that I've ever seen of Michael painting triangles. <laughs> it was a very quick um, development of skills from uh, yes. one line arch <laughs> to like what he's doing now. Yes. 
Also, when is this? He's in the art class by himself. The teacher is watching him from outside. Are we supposed to conclude that like these things are happening sequentially? Like, does the diner thing happen at the same time? Right? Like, so Michael was at the diner. He left the diner. Now he's at art class. Is this a different day? Maybe he's back after after hours using the how the did he get classroom in? space? Why is the know. teacher there staring at him from Definitely outside? Weird. I don't know. I don't like it. You ask too many questions. I clearly. <laughs> we also see Michael using his power recreationally to Mr. Miyagi the paint off when he makes a mistake. <laughs> and then Liz goes to the basketball court to talk to Kyle, who is playing ball with a bunch of his friends. Looks like a very fun game. But he leaves to engage in this awkward conversation with his ex, because who wouldn't? I do like her approach here. Just direct into the like point. I don't, like, she wasn't... Well, yeah, and, and she wasn't... Um, but it wasn't, like, super accusatory. You know, she was just kind of like, well, you know, people might do things that are uncharacteristic. Kind of giving him an out to... to giving him the chance to admit if he's done something without attacking him for it mm-hmm. which i thought was a good way to approach it it still didn't work but nope. i liked it <laughs> see and i thought the opposite that i was like i wish she'd just be more direct and be like yo i know you were in my room did you take something <laughs> yeah, yeah and we find fair. out that liz's dad let kyle into her room without her knowledge or permission while she wasn't there what a bad dad that's such a violation yeah. of her privacy it really it is. also doesn't seem like something that the dad of a teenage girl would do like oh you're my daughter's boyfriend or a recent ex yeah why don't you go hang out in her bedroom i mean i feel like right. if i mean do her parents even know that she's broken up with him because it doesn't seem like she shares a lot with them yeah but is it better if he still just thinks he's letting his his daughter's boyfriend into her bedroom she should still know like if kyle had come over and been like hey i have something to give liz the appropriate response would be great give it to me and i'll pass it on to her i feel like though if somebody came over to my house when i lived at home and was like hey i have something of lorena's then my parents would have been like oh just put it in her room you know and then you Mm. know her dad did tell her that kyle was there just not before max got his his magic alien like vision vision so yeah okay maybe i just had a very different childhood (laughs) also in this scene when liz is confronting kyle about it kyle says we all want something back liz to which i say like (laughs) do we well i think he's talking about the relationship yeah okay so sure things like that maybe we want back but like you can't just steal something from someone which it, like if he did which she's accusing him of it and then be like well we all want something back so <laughs> but he has no idea what she's accusing him of so like it oh. makes sense that he's just like yeah we all want things okay whatever cool and liz also gets really indignant because kyle sort of accuses her of having secrets and thinking that it's those secrets that broke them up but she does have secrets and it is those secrets that broke them up so mm, (laughs) that's why she's so defensive (laughs) right uh yeah kyle is actually pretty perceptive like he wants to know if her secrets have to do with why she's been so weird about max ever since that day at the crash down yeah yeah they do kyle great detective work bud yep kyle's showing us that he's smart 
And then he walks out on his basketball game and abandons all of his friends. Well, if you were that pissed off, maybe you wouldn't want to play basketball anymore either. Or say goodbye to anyone or let them know that you were leaving. Yep. Okay. And now suddenly it's already um, the senior art show. I mean, how many days have gone by and that it has taken Michael to master his artwork enough to be featured in the art show at school? And the art show wow. happens in that same hallway in between the vending machines and everyone's lockers. How convenient. Uh-huh. <laughs> the teacher told Michael that his painting was the best thing to come out of his classroom all year, which seems really sad. And also not like something you should probably say to a student. Right, even if it is true. Right. And then Isabel says that it isn't right. A public display, your thing, just sitting here. <laughs> which is a priceless out of context line but she means the dome because they keep thinking that this can somehow endanger them and i don't think that's accurate right it's just like an architectural structure yeah like maybe he just read about buckminster fuller fuller and he was like oh this is cool domes i got it i like them neat and then we get to see topolsky's um fancy secret agent friends okay men in black is this place where they are like, does this vague yet menacing government agency own a ranch? Is this where she lives? What is this place? This is a secret out-of-the-way meeting post, perhaps. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. She tells these two agents, I think Liz Parker's diary provides one of the most compelling leads I've ever encountered since I joined the unit. Oh, her career must have been real slow. <laughs> But she also has no idea what's in the diary. Like, she assumes that Liz has written down all this stuff. But Liz could have just written, like, I like a boy, and unicorns are neat. And today I learned that the chemical composition of sugar is C12H22O11. And that could be the whole thing. Why does she think that there are alien secrets? Because she's a secret agent? She seems really sure. Because Liz is the science club treasurer, and she gets straight A's. So she's credible and... So that makes a child credible. Yes. Yes. She's obviously a responsible human. Because she gets good grades. She does her homework. Yeah. So she thinks that they should start looking at Kyle. And so then we cut to the Valenti home. And Jim and Kyle have moved house since last episode, y'all. This is a completely different set. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow, the people on this show make me so angry. I don't know who's in their locations department. This is not the way you do things. You know when you go into a season that you have this many episodes where you're going to need this set, so you lock down the set. Why would they not just have the same set? It couldn't have been that hard. Oh, my. Okay. And it's only one episode later, too. It is one episode. Sorry. Although yep. these are the kind of things that like 37-year-old me doesn't notice, so I'm sure like 17-year-old me also didn't notice. It just yep. it makes me Same. so angry. I didn't notice this time. I've never noticed before. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay, please go back and watch and you will see just how totally different these two sets are. Okay. Totally it. different. We will okay. we will check. But also it's what Liz and Max are there, right? Mhm. Liz is standing on the porch before they go in, and Max goes, "Hey, I'm here if you need me." Was he just was he just saying hey for the first time? Like, why did he say hey? Was he just arriving? Didn't they arrive together? 
I just I thought, thought he was, was just like reminding her, like, good luck going in there, and oh hey, I'm here if you need me in in the bush. But also, I'm just gonna follow you inside. Yeah, just the way the way he said hey sounded like a greeting. Maybe they made a plan. Let's meet up. You be in the bushes. I'll be at the front door in ten minutes. Go. Okay, so then he's like, hey, hey, that I've arrived. Make, that would make more sense. It would not. It would not make sense, Eliza. <laughs> okay, fine. So then they get inside and they are talking way too much in the entrance of the house mm-hmm. yeah. you know you would think you would get inside and just tiptoe to where you're going but yeah, they're just, just like do you think it's over here should we go over here follow me <laughs> just yeah. break and enter and do what you need to do well they don't even <laughs> break and enter Sheriff because the front house. door right but the front door is open and you would think that this would give Liz pause she like she is a little bit hesitant but you think she'd be like oh hey like this is the sheriff I know him I know he's really careful he would never leave his door open there must be something else going on here maybe we shouldn't go inside yeah but instead they're gonna go inside and then there's creepy shadows also walking around in the house mm-hmm. yeah shadow dude what was that all about also that's a lot of guns hanging on the wall. Oh my gosh, so many guns. Not in I'm a sure safe, not, not locked up. I hope like, they're not. I, I I assume none of them are. I Some of them look pretty modern. I but like ew. that's a lot of guns. That's just de- decoration. That's not pretty. But it seems out of character for Jim. Like again, I think he's a really careful person, and I think that yes. he would practice responsible gun ownership to the extent that yes. I think that's even a thing. But like he would have a gun safe. It would be locked up. Kyle would have yeah. been taught from a young age how to be respectful of the guns. Like, it, he does not seem like a guy who just has a giant wall of deadly weapons. Yeah. Whatever. Kyle also has a sign on his door that says, no trespassing, violators will be prosecuted, which is cute because everyone's trespassing in their house. Yep. Yes. Absolutely Aww. everyone. And Kyle has a picture of himself and Liz under his bed. Aww. I know. Why like, do he's just trying Kyle. so hard to forget. But he just can't. He can't leave her behind. (laughs) So then Kyle comes home. And Shadow Dude is in the cactus. Yeah. He's in the cactus. (laughs) Shadow Dude is in the cactus. Uh, Okay, I'm picturing, like, a cartoon where there's a cactus and then you just see it, like, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and then just, like, moves over a little bit and then plops back down. Tiny little steps one way. Yeah. Tiny little steps one way. Plops. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There are these great cactus characters in Cirque du Soleil's Luzia that that is what I am now picturing about cactuses <laughs> picking up and moving around. <laughs> I am also thinking of um, the song Love Kernels from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where she's dressed as a fashion cactus. It's so good. So is that when we then go back to art class and see Michael still drawing this shape? Yes. yes. And we see the art teacher with his really cool vest. I was into yes. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is the late 90s, so mm-hmm. vests are in. It's true. So then the art teacher tells Michael, <laughs> maybe try drawing something else instead of just geodesic domes. And then Michael's like, what? And then he's like, oh. Ooh. <laughs> A yeah. geodesic dome. I didn't even know that's what I was drawing. So this is cool. obviously important because of the geodesic dome, but I also want to know how much time has passed because the class has drawn fruit and they have drawn the human form and they have had their art show. <laughs> how many days has it been? I feel like it's only been a few days. Right? What? This is very accelerated. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Maybe they draw a different thing each day. 
maybe. Yeah. And so the teacher tells Michael that the dome is a type of house, which is architecturally postmodern. But I think of it more as like just a general architectural thing, like kind of sciencey. There's like those biospheres, and then of course the best use of a geodesic dome in anything ever is the geodesic sphere outside of Epcot in Walt Disney World. Yes. Of or, course. Sorry, inside of Epcot. And that's where the spaceship Earth ride is located. I love that ride. It's so good. So I did, back in June, I went to the Catskills, uh, like upstate New York with some friends. And uh, on the property of the Airbnb we were staying on was a geodesic dome. So I took a picture of it knowing that we would get to this point in the show at some point. So we could put that on our social media. Yes, Yes, please. Absolutely. Also, I think it's really funny how the teacher says like why don't you try drawing something like this human form and he draws a stick figure to which the teacher says stick with the dome (laughs) i don't know if that was meant to be a pun but it was just slightly punny but also can we take a moment for this poor teacher who must be just so exhausted and so over it that he's like all right you don't show up to class for weeks at a time just draw something all right you only want to draw this one thing i don't have the energy for this i don't get paid very much and i'm probably buying all these supplies out of my own pockets you know what draw your stupid little semicircles that's what i would say it's like okay draw whatever you want like if he wants to give him a bad grade because he's not participating he could do that yeah you're like great you're actually here in class cool we'll call that a win yes yeah yeah he's meeting michael where he is and then once again everyone is just chilling outside because they have a lot of free periods or several lunches during the day or they just are all constantly skipping class and isabel is looking really great just sitting on this table here And Max finally decides to tell her and Michael about the journal and how the girl that he's crushing on wrote down all of their secrets. And now someone out there who found this journal has the power to destroy them. But don't worry about it and definitely don't blame her. What? Because that makes sense. I know it's 100% her fault, but don't blame her. Who else are we going to blame then? Yeah, it's it was inevitable. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. Ugh. And we get to see Michael looking very pensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder Which why. I like. I yes. like pensive Michael. Mm-hmm. It's a good look for him. And then we get to go to the crash town where uh, Michael is going to pull that journal out of his butt. It's way <laughs> too big to fit in a back pocket, so I can only assume that it was in his butt. Safe assumption. I do not understand Michael's attitude in this scene at all. It me drives me crazy. So Michael saw her sitting at the crash down counter in public writing in her diary. Like, I, uh-huh. this seems really dumb already when you're writing down, again, these life-threatening secrets, which she tell, he tells her, like, oh, I want you to know it wasn't smart to write all those things down. And she says, I know that now. But again, she's supposed to be smart, and it didn't occur to her that maybe writing down... Max is an alien. Michael is an alien. Isabel is an alien. It wasn't a good idea. I mean, do we really cool know that her journal says that? Yes. She confirms it. Okay. So Michael says, you have to know who your friends are. I had to know the risks, so I had to know what your journal said. And this is when Liz finally figures out that he took it, even though it's been very obvious for like the past two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So, again, writers, if you're going to tell us Liz is smart, stop showing us Liz being stupid. 
And then Michael is like kind of apologetic. He says, I never meant for things to get out of control. Like, no, Michael, you didn't do anything wrong. You're not the jerk here. She's the jerk. I mean, he did take something that wasn't his, but... No, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. I'm fine with him breaking and entering. I'm fine with him stealing her stuff because, like, he saw... So I don't know if he has super alien vision and he could see what she was writing, but, like, he definitely knew that she was writing crap she wasn't supposed to write, again, in public and not in code. So, like, I think he had every right to see what kinds of things she was writing that could get him and his family killed. But he apparently doesn't see it this way because he says, it's nice to know we have at least one friend in this town... And my notes for this were just, why? Why? This isn't, why? Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Liz finally asked a smart question, which is why didn't Michael just destroy the journal? Because anyone who found it would know all about him. And then he says, no, they'd know all about you, Liz. To which I say, what? Yeah, what? Wouldn't they know all about both? Because Liz was writing about him yeah i think he's meaning it to be nice like they would know that you really care about max but like who that doesn't matter they would also know that max is an alien and they would murder him and then the clincher is michael saying thank you for giving me one more reason to envy max evans to which i wrote down what why what what seriously what uh, right was he implying that like that he that he likes liz that like oh i'm jealous because you're you're such a catch like that's that's what i kind of took from it i think he was jealous of how liz feels about max like not because he wants to be with liz but because he wants someone to feel that way about him because max has got the great parents max has got his sister max has liz and who does michael have well now he has one friend in liz the girl who's trying to get him killed (laughs) But now we get to go back to the UFO Museum, where we find out that it costs a whole $19 for a season pass, and you get a box lunch. I know, that's so nice. Do you get the box lunch every time you visit, or is it just like on your first visit, they get a lunch and then you're done? Probably, just your first visit. Or you just get like a lunch ticket to use at any point throughout the season, but just once. That makes sense. Okay, great. I'm glad we settled that very important issue. Also, there's (laughs) quite quite soft touching piano music here which i think is key key in this scene oh is it piano key (laughs) oh i didn't even mean that yeah so my i think this is my last note for the folks in the crew on this show is that the green book on the end of the section that max is standing near keeps growing and shrinking (laughs) <laughs> he's not, not actively shelving the book so why did they do takes where sometimes it was one book and sometimes oh, no. it was a different book God, get it together can okay. can you please post screen captures of that on our you social know media? i will <laughs> and liz tells max that she left her journal at the crash down and a customer returned it and max is just fine with this because she said it was a good friend he doesn't want to know who this person is who now knows his secret did they yeah. read it like i mean what? really the only good friend that it could be that shouldn't raise alarm would be maria right so she would just say maria found it but also yeah. like the severity of reaction I would have if someone said, I was writing all your deepest, darkest secrets in my journal, and then I forgot it in a public place would be a lot more than, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Like, she's telling him she just put it down somewhere and then walked away so that any stranger could happen upon it. And he's like, cool. Cool, no problem. Yeah. I mean, he likes her, so I think he would let her get away with a lot of stuff that he shouldn't. I don't know. I think this is way too far. Like, I think he needs to at some point have a reaction and be like, it's going to take me some time to figure out if I can trust you. This was a yeah. huge error in judgment. Like, tell me how you're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Stop reading I my agree. secrets. But what I really want to know is, can we please see inside the binder that's on a shelf behind Max's head that is labeled Roswell Rods, Real Facts. <laughs> I assume it has to do with my favorite exhibit, which is just titled Rods. rods. And I'm excited that someone was like, yes, we are leaning heavily into the rods. So there is some continuity there. Yes, thank you. Whoever was in charge of that should have been in charge of everything. Rods guy or lady, you were on top of things. I salute you. And then we get this really goofy line of Liz's where she said she had to put down into words her feelings so that years from now, if anyone ever touches me the way that you did, I'll know what it's supposed to feel like. Mm. That's why the piano music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it was weird. And then Max wants to see what she wrote, and she says no because she gets to be in control of everything, and he has no right to know anything. Because and then I don't he'd like know it. how she really felt about him. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool. That seems very fair at this point. So then, I think that's when we go back to school. Yeah, and and Max tells Michael and Isabel, you know, that Liz had found it, and that Liz said a good friend brought it back. And Michael's smile is not subtle. Michael it's has very a smirk cute, on his face. It's very cute. I love that smirk, but like not subtle. Because like now he knows he really can trust her. So I had a question. When Isabel flips through this book and then says, oh, boring. Did she read the whole book with alien powers or was yes. she just like surmising? I think she sped read. I th- yeah, I thought what that, a that useful was useful power. So oh, my gosh. How cool is that? Oh, like, that's like Lisa's dream power. Uh, uh. Oh, as far as I'm concerned, how you many already have that read. power, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to the speed at which I read, you you speed read. Well, it doesn't take me 0. 0.5 seconds to get through an entire book. So that, that would be, be cool? my dream. But she finally gets to the back flap that I guess Max has never bothered to look at before to read anything about the author. And she sees James Atherton at his home, which is a geodesic dome. Yay! Very exciting a stuff. Geodesic dome, to which I say, is that the only geodesic dome in the world? It's like they see that and they're like, aha, this must be the exact one that you saw when you touched that key. But it's like, but maybe there are more than just one. Probably, but he does have a strong interest in aliens. So if an alien is interested in geodesic domes, that seems like maybe a good place to start. That one. Yeah, fair. And then Liz is again walking the deserted streets at night for some reason. She's on her nightly walkabout after her shift at the crashdown ends. Yes. And she finally is hiding the diary now. She seems to still be writing not in code. She's writing down everything, but she's hiding it behind like a loose print. (laughs) Burn it. But she reminds us that the bigger your world gets, the bigger your problems get too. And to that I say word. 
I would like to say first, I am very upset that we got no Jim Valenti in this entire episode. That's true. And we only got Isabel for half of it. I assume Jim was just so tuckered out for moving house that he just couldn't (laughs) be bothered to do anything. All right. Who's everyone's picks for hot and saucy? Yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough the one. The look yep. on Elisa's face encapsulates like, my know, mood exactly. There's nothing hot or saucy about this episode. Yeah. So I went with Alex, not for hot, but for saucy, with his wallet okay. chain when he finally stood up to Maria and was like, You shouldn't treat me this way. It's not all right. Next time you decide you want to talk to me, don't. That was very saucy. Cool. Yeah. Um, um, shit. I think I'm just going to pick a. I'm just going to put very minimal effort in and pick Michael and his carrot stick because Mm. he was looking pretty hot. And uh, just the fact that he's at school, but like doesn't doesn't give a shit at all because he has no backpack and it's just eating a carrot stick. So, sure, that's my choice. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, my we're just a. It's an episode of winners today. My choice for hot and saucy is going to be right back at the beginning of the episode when Liz goes to Maria's house and Maria answers the door just because I don't know if she looked hot, but she looked cute. Her hair was kind of tousled and like it was a cute look. And I think that was the the best look anybody had in the show. So that's my hot choice. Yeah, I guess. she did look right very, on. very cute. Yeah. Um, any predictive oh, thoughts, yes. Lisa? So, the next episode is one that I've actually heard of. It's oh. 285 South. And I know that a lot of people really enjoy this episode. So, oh. I'm hoping Ooh. that it will start to turn around my feelings on <clears throat> some of the aspects of this show that I haven't enjoyed yet. What are your predictions? Well, so I looked up US Route 285 and it runs obviously north-south through New Mexico. Well, it runs from Texas to Colorado, but it passes through mm. Carlsbad, Roswell, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm hoping that this means we get a road trip, because that would be really fun. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I mm. guess we will. And if Jim Valenti isn't in the next episode, I will be boycotting it. <laughs> All right. I think that's a reasonable uh, expectation, a good reason to boycott. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us today for our discussion of Liz's poor choice of not writing her diary in code in the first place. We'll be back in two weeks for our discussion of episode number six, 285 South. And join us next Tuesday for our mini-sode celebrating the 20th anniversary of the pilot of Roswell. Remember to subscribe to our podcast And if you're enjoying it, please give us a nice rating and review in iTunes. You can also visit us on the internet at roswellhotsauce.com or on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram are both at roswellhotsauce. And if you have any questions or comments for us, things you want to hear more about in the future, you can shoot us an email at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Mandy Veloso. Our theme music is by David Belcourt, and our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time. Patient space boy.